Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to be here with you, and I hope you had a great time celebrating Christmas and New Year's with friends and family, and that you got, maybe got to relax a little bit and eat some good food and celebrate. And if I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, maybe this is your first time at NCC or you're watching online for the first time. My name is Aaron. And I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're glad that you're with us as we kick off this brand new year and as we start um, for what God has for us in 2021. And as I was thinking about this message, I want to share with you a question that God has been challenging me with that I've been reflecting on as we end 2020 and as we begin to look at 2021, something that God has been stirring in my heart and challenging me with. And it's a challenging question that he's given me. As I was thinking about this, I thought back to whenever I was a little kid, just in elementary school, my parents, my mom and dad were pastors in a small town in Arkansas, and our kind of setup for church was you'd go to church in the morning, and then you'd go back at night. Some of you guys may remember that. Maybe you did that when you were younger. And so because my parents were pastors, like that was a lot on them. So usually in the afternoon, they would go home and kind of conk out. They would take a nap, and I'd have to find ways to entertain myself. And I remember one Sunday, I was in my living room, and I started to imagine that I was like the world's top spy. Okay, I had nothing else to do. So I imagined I was a spy. I was breaking into this villain's like stronghold, and I was going to steal this weapon. I was going to save the world. And so in my living room, my mom had this basket full of yarn, and I found some red yarn. And I started tying it around like the couch leg to the like coffee table leg to this lamp that we had to like a sofa to this other chair and there were like red laser yarn pieces going everywhere right and so I'm in there I'm getting ready to steal the weapon and you guys I am like sneaking through stuff I'm crawling under things I was doing cartwheels I won't do that now because I'll probably look like Chris Farley but I was doing like cartwheels and everything and I got almost to the end and all of a sudden my right leg tripped over one of the lasers and the antique lampshade just came crashing down and shattered. Now, I know my mom was asleep, but within five seconds, she's like teleported into the living room, right? And I don't know if you remember moments like that, but she looks at me and she says, Aaron Matthew Escamilla, what are you doing? And I wanted to tell her, I know what I'm doing. I'm saving the world, mom, okay? <laughs> I'm a spy and I'm saving the world. You should be thanking me. But I knew I could not respond like that. And I knew I wasn't going to get in trouble for what I thought I was doing, but for what she thought I was doing. And it was that moment where I was just frozen with that question that she was asking me, what are you doing? Maybe you're a parent and you promised you would never ask questions like that. But now you find yourself asking those questions I do. I imagine a little bit that's what Peter felt like when Jesus begins to ask him this question in John chapter 21. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. And I want you to look at this question that we're going to reflect on this morning. Once you have that, go ahead and hold on to that for a moment. It's a question that Jesus asked Peter. It's a question that I feel like Jesus has been stirring in my heart and I've been reflecting on. And it's this question right here. Do you still love him? Do you still love him? And the more that I've thought about that, the more I've been reflecting on this passage of scripture in John chapter 21, I've had to ask God, what does that look like at this point in my life? Lord, what does it look like having come through 2020? God, what does that question mean? And how do I answer that? Because I imagine Peter kind of being frozen whenever Jesus is asking him that question. And to understand why Jesus is asking and what's going on and why it may have been 
kind of a difficult moment for Peter to respond, it's because you need to know what's taken place in this story up until this point. Jesus, John tells us, um, began his earthly ministry. He opened the eyes of the blind. He called some young men to come alongside of him and built some disciples that walked alongside of him and learned his teaching and were there when he did all of these miraculous things. And then on the night before Jesus is going to be betrayed and he's going to be handed over to the Romans to be crucified, he's having a conversation with his disciples and he says, hey, I want you to know that all of you are about to desert me. And Peter looks at Jesus and he says, no, Jesus, I would never do that. That would never happen. You need to understand, I love you with everything in me. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Peter, before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, no, Jesus, if I have to die for you, like whatever it takes, I'll give whatever it takes. I'll go wherever I need to go. I'll do what I love you so much. Like, I'm never going to do that. And then just a few hours later, Jesus is in the courtyard. He's been arrested. And Peter, three different times, is confronted. Hey, weren't you one of his disciples? Didn't you know him? Didn't you walk with him? Weren't you around him? And three times, Peter says, I've never known the man. He even starts cursing and says, no, get away from me. Stop asking. I never knew this person named Jesus. I, I don't know who he is. And then across the courtyard, Jesus looks at him. And Peter remembers what it is that Jesus said, before the night is over, you will deny me three times. And John tells us Jesus is crucified. He's resurrected. He continues to appear to the disciples. And yet when this story begins at the end of John, Peter is back doing, to what, doing what he's always done before he met Christ. He went back to being a fisherman. He probably feels defeated in this moment, and he's out fishing, feeling like this is all that I've got left because I've denied God. I've denied Jesus as the Messiah like I am a total failure, and so I'll just go back to what I know, fishing. And Jesus calls out to him from the shore, and they catch all of these fish, and they come in, and Jesus has this conversation with Peter, this is what it says. When they'd finished eating breakfast together, in John chapter 21, verse 15, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. And then he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed or tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he asked him a third time, do you love me? And Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I want you to stop and reflect on what's going on here, that Peter has just gone through this massive failure. He's disappointed in himself. He probably feels like Jesus is disappointed in him. He's ashamed and he feels guilty because of what he's done. And so he's gonna walk away from being a disciple. He's gonna go back to what he knows because he feels like this is all that I can do. And Jesus confronts him and has this question. Peter, do you still love me? Do you love me? with all that you've been through. And he asks him this three different times. And Peter's probably not feeling it in that moment, right? He's just feeling the weight of that betrayal and the failure and the shame that he had and knowing that he had betrayed Jesus. But Jesus doesn't allow that to stop his questioning because this right here, as I was reflecting on this, I was reminded, love isn't a feeling, you guys. 
And when you're thinking about that question, God, do I still love you? I've been reflecting on that after serving Jesus for over 20 years, over all of the difficulties that we walked through last year. God, where is my relationship at with you? Do I still love you? I have to remind myself love isn't a feeling. Jesus did not sit down with Peter, and he very well could have, and said, Peter, how are you feeling right now? Like, let's talk about this. Do you feel close to God? Do you feel separated from God? He doesn't. He challenges them with that question, do you love me? Because love isn't a feeling. And after each one of those, Jesus is very clear, hey, Peter, then do what I've asked you to do. Do what I've talked to you about. Do what I've walked in front of you and what I've lived out these past three years. Like, go and do what it is that you've seen me do. That's an expression of love. Jesus says that if you love me, then you will obey my commandments. But so many times we mistakenly feel like, well, if I'm in love with God, then I've got to feel something, right? Like the butterflies, if you remember back to being in a relationship, maybe when that relationship first started, the butterflies that you feel, all of that excitement, right? You're on the phone, hey, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up, right? You hang up. I don't know if people still do that. Like, do you do that through text now? Like, you stop texting. You stop texting. I don't know how that works, okay? That's what it was like whenever I was younger. All of that feeling, that emotion that is there, and sometimes we equate that with love. Like, hey, that's what it's all about, and that's what we have to feel like. And maybe when you first came to Jesus, you felt like that. I remember when I first came to Jesus, my life was so messed up that it didn't matter what the preacher said. Like whenever he gave an altar call and people would respond, I mean, he had at least one person up there because I was gonna be up there. And anytime the church was open, I was gonna be there. Like everything, like I, I wanted that because I knew how messed up my life was. But can I be honest? I've not always felt like that. And that doesn't mean that I've stopped loving him because I have to remind myself love isn't just a feeling that we have. And that's what Jesus is reminding Peter. Peter, it's not just about what you're feeling. Go do what I've asked you to do. Love isn't just that feeling that we have. And so many of us, that's how we're treating our relationship with God. I'll read my Bible when I feel like it. Like that's when I'll do it. And maybe starting a new year and new year's resolutions and new things like, then I'll feel it again, like a a brand new start, a blank canvas. I'll feel something and I'll be motivated enough to actually pick up the scripture and to engage with God's word. But that's not what love is. Love isn't just doing that when you feel it. I'll lift my hands or I'll sing the worship song whenever I feel it, but I've had a bad week. I've had a bad month. I've had a bad year and I'm just not feeling it right now. Love is not a feeling. Peter, go do what I've told you to do. Go take care of my sheep. Go disciple others. Go teach others to obey what I've taught you, to live out this life that I've lived in front of you. Love is not a feeling. And so many of us, we're living our relationship with God. I'll get around to it whenever I feel it. I love how a Christian author, Eugene Peterson, put this in his book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. He said this, we live in an age, what what one writer calls the age of sensation. We think that if we don't feel something, there can be no authenticity in doing it. But the wisdom of God says something different, that we can act ourselves into a new way of feeling much quicker than we can feel ourselves into a new way of acting. I want to read that again. The wisdom of God says something different. We can act ourselves into a new way of feeling much quicker than we can feel ourselves into a new way of acting. Worship is an act that develops feelings for God, 
not feeling God, um, not a feeling for God that is expressed in the act of worship. When we obey the command to praise God, to read the scripture, to spend time with him, our deep essential need to be in relationship with God is nurtured. See, it's when we're doing those things. Peter, go do what I've told you to do. That's when love is developed. That's when that faithfulness and consistency, because love is not a feeling. Love is not what you're just feeling in that moment, but it's that faithfulness to what God has told you to do. So the question, church, is do you still love him? And not do you still just feel something, do you get the butterflies in your stomach, or do you get emotional when you come into this place and sing, but are you doing what he's told you to do? Peter, go take care of my sheep. Go do what I've commanded you to do. How would you answer that question? Are you walking in obedience to what God has spoken over your life? Not because you feel like it, but because you love him. Do you hear that, church? Not because you feel like it, but because you love him. And so I wanna challenge you this week that maybe it's time to sit down and say, God, maybe I don't feel it. Maybe this has been a difficult year or a difficult season, but God, I want to be faithful in what you've called me to do. That's an expression of my love to you. And it may not feel like it's always felt in the past, God, but I want to be faithful. What is it that you need to do to walk in obedience as an expression of love? Peter, go do what I've called you to do. The second thing that I thought of as I was reflecting on this is love isn't an accident, it's intentional. Love isn't an accident, it's intentional. This is an awkward conversation that Jesus has with Peter. Like they could have just sat around the campfire eating a good breakfast, hanging out and ignoring what just happened, but Jesus isn't gonna let that take place. And he looks at him and he's challenging Peter, do you still love me? And I'm guessing Peter's competitive. Do you love me more than these? And Peter's looking around at the other guys there, the other 10 guys that are around the campfire. And he's like, yeah, I definitely love you more than these guys. And yet Jesus continues to probe. Wait, do you really love me? Do you love me, Peter? He keeps asking him that question because love isn't accidental, it's intentional. Jesus is very intentional about bringing Peter back into that relationship, about restoring what was broken, about removing the guilt and the shame and saying, Peter, I want you to understand, man, I love you. Do you love me? It's intentional, this intentional conversation that Jesus is having. Now, attraction is accidental, right? But love is intentional. And I'll be honest with you guys, I love a good chick flick, okay? I'm a sucker for them. I'll just be honest. Like, I pretend like Sarah's the one that wants to watch them, but really it's me, okay? In that moment where you see the guy and the girl, right, and she drops something and he bends down and picks it up and then they look into each other's eyes and the music is playing there, you guys, I get all teary in those moments. Or they bump into each other. They just happen to be in that same coffee shop. And I'll start praying, Jesus, let them get together. Please, Lord, just let this relationship work. Like, I'm bought in emotionally to those movies. That's accidental. Like, that just kind of randomly happens. But I notice they never show you 13 years later, do they? They never show you a decade afterwards because that's not kind of all gooey feeling, isn't it? That's not accidental. If you're together at that point, that's intentional. That's some difficult conversations. That's some ignoring someone leaving their laundry on their side of the bed. 
Okay, that's me, not Sarah, okay? Like, she's had to put up with that. Like, you didn't wash the dishes. You, you put my clothes in the dryer and now they don't fit, but really it's I ate too much at Christmas. Like, it's all of those conversations that you're having because love isn't accidental, it's intentional. It's intentional. You have to put effort, you have to put time into that. And so many of us, we're just hoping we accidentally stumble into God. We're thinking that at some point, God, I'll just feel it again. Maybe something will happen and I'll get these warm butterfly feelings and I'll be back to where I was. It doesn't work like that, church. It's not accidental, it's intentional. It's waking up a little bit early and saying, God, I will get into your word because I wanna hear you speak to me today. It's pausing in that moment before you go into that big meeting or before you step into that classroom, students, and praying and saying, God, you're with me. This feels difficult, but you're here with me. I'm gonna put in the effort. I'm gonna put in the time. I'm gonna be intentional because I realize love is not accidental. It doesn't just happen. Like, it takes effort. It takes energy. And if I can be honest with you, like I was thinking, God, this has been a difficult year. There have been moments, you guys know what our family has walked through with losing my dad, where I've had to pray and I'd say, God, this feels difficult. And I don't know why this happened. And and where I've just, there's been moments where I'm like, God, this hurts on a deep level. This is difficult. And I was thinking back to one of our favorite TV shows in which this couple, they're having a difficulty like that. And the wife looks at the husband and she says, don't leave because I want to fight. And he's like, you want to fight? She said, yeah, I want to fight. I'd rather us fight and be together than ignore what's happening and us be separate. And you guys, there are times where we can be honest with God and say, God, this hurts and this is difficult and this doesn't feel okay. And God, I don't know why all of these things are taking place in my life. I don't know why all of this is happening, but God, I'm here with you. I'm gonna put in the effort. God, I'm gonna put in the time. I'm gonna be intentional in my relationship with you, God, because I don't wanna be apart from you. See, love is not accidental. It's not just gonna happen magically like some storybook or some movie. It takes effort on your part. It takes effort on my part to be intentional in our relationship with God, to invest in what it is that he's giving us. And some of us were treating God just kind of like that awkward roommate. Like, God, you put up with my mistakes and my sin, and God, I put up with the things that you ask me to do, like coming to church and trying to read my Bible and trying to be a good person, but we're just kind of living together. And that's not what love is. That's not a relationship. That's not what God is wanting from you. He is very intentional with Peter. He's like, Peter, do you still love me? Do you love me because I love you? And I want you to do what God's called you to do. I wanna see you grow and be the person God has called you to be. Love takes that intentionality. It takes that effort. It takes that difficulty. Like you're gonna have to put in that time and that effort to see that happen. It's not just the feeling, you guys. Do you still love him? The last thought that I wanna leave you with is this right here. Love causes you to endure. Love causes you to endure. This is what Jesus says to Peter as they're closing down this conversation. He said to him that third time, Peter, feed my sheep. And then he says, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. Another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And this he said to Peter to show what kind of death 
he would die to glorify God. And after saying these things to Peter, he said, follow me. It's pretty neat. The very first words that we see Jesus speak to Peter, follow me. The very last words he speaks to Peter, follow me. After he's just affirmed that love because that love is what's going to cause Peter to endure. See, Jesus knew that decades later, Peter would find himself imprisoned and being crucified upside down. And in that moment, it wasn't gonna be a feeling that was gonna cause Peter to continue to love and be faithful to Christ. It was gonna be his knowledge of God. You love me. God, I love you. I'll do anything that you ask. Go anywhere that you tell me to go. It's what Jesus had affirmed in Peter's life in this moment that caused him to be able to face that kind of death, that kind of persecution, that kind of suffering. And I'd love to tell you that following Jesus is easy and nothing will ever go wrong and everything will always be great, but that's not the way it works. But I can tell you this, he loves you. He loves you, church. He's given everything to be close to you, to be near to you, to draw close in that relationship. And he's asking you that question, do you love me? Do you still love him? Not just the feeling that you have inside, but are you being intentional in your relationship with him? Are you putting in that time? Are you carving out that space to be with him, to get to know him more, to go deeper in your relationship? Because that's what's gonna cause you to endure when you face years like 2020. When you have moments where you're scratching your head and you're like, God, I don't know why this is happening and I don't know how it's gonna turn out. But Lord, I trust that you love me. I trust that you're here with me. And God, I'm gonna be faithful to you even when it's difficult, Lord. And I'm gonna keep pressing into this relationship, God, because I wanna endure. I wanna last. I wanna end this thing well, God. And I wanna give my life to you. That's the question God's been asking me. And when I started to think about it, I thought, like most of us think about love, God, do I feel the same way? Is it feel like it used to whenever I first came to you? And God's been challenging me, Aaron, be faithful in what I've called you to do. Continue to invest in that relationship, even when it's difficult, even when you don't feel like it, even when it's hard. And I'll be honest with you, being a pastor does not make it easier to get up early and pray. It doesn't make it easier to open the Bible when there's so many other things that call for our attention. I face the same struggles that you guys do, but I wanna be able to answer, yes, Lord, I love you. So I'm gonna do what you've asked me to do. Church, that's my prayer for you, is that you would, as you reflect on that, that you would be able to answer, yes, Lord, I love you. I'm gonna do what you've called me to do. Doesn't matter what failures are in my past. Doesn't matter what struggles I've walked through, God, what I've been through, Lord. I am gonna be faithful in what you've called me to do because I truly love you and I want this relationship with you. And I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna ask if you would take a moment and bow your head and close your eyes. For those of you watching online, if you would do that right where you're at, that same thing, maybe just take a moment and reflect on this. Do you love him? Not just do you feel a certain way or do you still get emotional, but do you love him? Are you doing what he's asked you to do? 
there may be those of you that are listening to this message in this room or online, and you feel a lot like Peter, like, God, I failed you, and I've messed up, Lord, and I've made some wrong decisions, and I don't even know if you could love me anymore because of what I've done, God, and the mess I've made of my life. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you. Jesus is here in this moment, just like he was with Peter, and he's reaffirming you. He still loves you. He wants that relationship with you. And it doesn't matter if you've had it at one point, maybe you've walked away or you've not invested in it, or maybe you've never made that commitment to him. You've never surrendered your life to him and said, God, I want you to be in control, God, of my life. This morning, he's inviting you into that relationship. And I wanna pray for you. And I'm gonna ask everyone in this room to pray this prayer together, whether you're saying it for the first time or whether you've prayed this before, because we don't want anyone praying alone. Those of you watching online, pray this with us out loud. Jesus, I come to you and I realize I've sinned. I need your forgiveness. So I invite you into my life. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone who may have prayed that prayer? We believe that, that God, when we pray that, that he does, he gives us a brand new start. The Bible says that all of heaven is rejoicing as people come back into a relationship with God. And so if you pray that, we are excited for you. And I want all of us to respond in just one other way this morning. I've asked our worship team to come in and lead us in this song, but I don't want you to just sing it out loud. I want you to take a moment and just reflect on this message. Do you still love him? Are you doing what he's asked you to do? Are you being intentional? And so while they lead out and while they sing, would you just take a moment, would you reflect on that? Would you reflect on the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, his love towards you? And maybe how you need to be more intentional, maybe where you need to carve out time and reflect and invest in the relationship and the love that God has for you. So let's take a moment and let's think about that as the worship team leads us.